Anderson delays inside the line. Long shot, tip, they score! Elia Mikheyev in the slot with a beautiful backhand deflection while his back was facing the net. You know, honestly, we just found a way to capitalize on some of our opportunities and power play came up with a big one to kind of seal it. 7.02 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. This is your last day for a little while. You're going on vacation next week. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere warm. How? Why would you want to go somewhere warm when we're having this awesome weather? You're not going to West Edmonton Mall again? No. no <laughs> the, annual, was, the annual winter trip to that Edmonton. That was a strictly pandemic-only trip. I, oh, God, I forgot about that. Do you remember my trip Wait, to Mexico you, was canceled, so we went yeah. to West Edmonton Mall You really instead? did that? Yeah. yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it was yeah. It's what we call a late game pivot. Where <laughs> you're, you're like, <laughs> gotta see that submarine. <laughs> What's the opposite of Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> That's Edmonton's uh, marketing slogan, I think, yeah. for the tourism board. The opposite of Mexico. Uh, you are listening to the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today we are in hour two now, hour two of the program. We're going to do our NFL locks of the week in a moment as well. We're going we're gonna to kick off hour two in style. Hour two is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews, find a perfect fit at Kintech.net. It is time now for the world-famous... Halford and Bruff, NFL Locks of the Week, presented by Play Now Sports. Betting on the NFL this weekend, if you are, receive your $10 free bet when you make a same-game parlay wager of $25 or more on NFL games at Play Now Sports. Here's the thing. You need to visit playnow.com forward slash NFL SGP to... Uh, to learn more conditions apply you must be 19 plus to play if you gamble use your game sense i did not hit my lock last week so i'm going to defer to you i did again i am i am on fire you are the man my my a man my winning streak is more unlikely than the canuck start now that you've completely ruined both why don't you go ahead and give us your lock of the week okay my lock of the week is actually kind of a shot at you because your lock of the week Last week, um, you didn't show enough respect for the Bengals. I showed no respect. For no the respect for the Bengals. You didn't know how many games in a row they'd won. You did, you're like, something like two? I'm like, three, and then four of their last five. Uh, and then they improved to five and three last week. And this week, I got a very interesting matchup. They're hosting the Houston Texans. Hmm who have C.J. Stroud. Who's playing fantastic. Playing fantastic football, but C.J. Stroud has not played a defense like the Cincinnati Bengals have. The game is in Cincy. Uh, yes, the Bengals are six-and-a-half-point favorites, but I bet you C.J. Stroud is going to throw a couple picks because the Bengals are really good at picking the ball off. Uh, they're among the leaders in that category. Okay. So give me the resurgent... Cincinnati Bengals minus six and a half over the Houston Texans. Luck of the week. Okay. I'm going to take San Fran as a road favorite minus three in Jacksonville. Now you're probably all thinking, Halford, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You've got a Jacksonville team at home plus three. There's value there. You're making mm-hmm. this pick in Jacksonville in this economy. Yes. 
Yes, I am. Why? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you doing this? This is the week where the 49ers bounce back and return to form. So okay. think about this against a really good team on the road as favorites. I don't think they're that good. We'll get to that in a minute. All right. First, they're coming off the bye, so they're getting healthy. So Debo Samuel likely back in the lineup. Trent Williams likely back in the lineup. You want to talk about another boost to the lineup? What a freaking boost! Chase Young's going to make his debut this oh, week. What a freaking boost! Yeah. So there's that as well. Okay. How good? Are these Jacksonville Jaguars really? Yeah, they're six and two, but those six wins came against Indianapolis twice, Atlanta, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. Yeah, they had a good win against Buffalo. I'll give them that. I just think, I think that going into Pittsburgh and beating them is pretty impressive. Ah, I don't like Pittsburgh that All much. All right, fine. I think that there's a real, real good shot for the Niners to win and win convincingly here. This Jacksonville Jaguars team that's won five in a row and is coming off a bye week. You got to love the risks. <laughs> that's my lock. Niners minus three in Jacksonville. Lock of the week. Experience the thrill of every pass, every touchdown, and every win this NFL season with Playhouse Sports. BC's safe and secure betting site. Must be 19 plus to play. If you gamble, use your game sense. Shout out to Alan, longtime listener of the show, who called me out for picking the Bengals last week. Picking against the Bengals. Picking against the Bengals last week on X, formerly known as Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then uh, rubbing it in my face as the Bills failed. Failed me miserably in my playnow.com lock of the week. Thanks, Al. Okay, it's Ask Us Anything Friday, and we've got an open segment here. Uh, Tyler in Chilliwack, Ask Us Anything. If the Canucks stomp on the Leafs tomorrow, do you think Keefe gets fired? Just the thought of that makes me smile. Oh, that's no. nice of you, Tyler. But no, no I don't think so. Um, Leafs aren't there yet. The Leafs, yeah, I don't think they're there yet. And also, you have to remember that Sheldon Keefe got actually a fairly big extension. And I know it's Toronto, and they're willing to spend more money than other teams and they're willing to eat more money than other teams. And I have no doubt that if say halfway through the season, the Leafs are in a bad spot, maybe they're not in a playoff spot that they would consider firing Sheldon Keefe. But I don't think we're there quite yet. I don't think Jay Woodcroft's the guy to watch. I don't think Bradtree living right now is in any position to try and fire his head coach. True. Yeah. I don't, I mean, this, the issues with this team right now are largely tree living inflicted. Reeves, bad contract. If you decided to go Reeves over Lafferty and that ultimately was the decision, that looks awful in hindsight. Bertuzzi and Domi, whatever they were supposed to bring to the team, it's not materializing yet. If it's one of those things that's going to make you tougher to play against in the playoffs, okay. If you're just assuming you're going to make it, that's a fair assessment. The biggest issue right now is what he's done with that blue line or what he hasn't done. Like we've talked about Klingberg more than John Klingberg needs to be talked about. On I think he's going to be, I think he might get healthy scratched. Well, cause he can't play. So they, so Calgary plays Toronto tonight, right? Yeah. The Calgary's going through uh, Eastern Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Not to as much fanfare as the <laughs> Vancouver Canucks are. They're kind of limping through. They just basically have to deal with this Huberto thing now. Right. But yeah. I think Klingberg at practice was an extra. Yeah. But I, Keith said, don't necessarily read too much into that. And, you know, Keefe has said it in not even, again, I've talked about thinly veiled ways, not even thinly veiled. Like after the loss, um, the previous last game out, he kind of came in and said, we love to laud and celebrate our offensive players for what they do on mm-hmm. the score sheet, but we don't talk enough about what we give up. And he said, it's out of control. Like 
That's a shocking thing when the head coach of an NHL team comes in afterwards and is like, our goals allowed is out of control. We just lost 6-3 to Ottawa. Brandon in Coquitlam with a kind of ask us anything. Okay. He says, can you guys pull up the audio from Dreisaitl after the game last night? He sounded pissy, LOL. It's funny. Yeah, we got this, right? So we played the Woodcroft audio already where he was asked point blank about his job security. And we kind of glossed over the fact that Leon got pissy again. Here's what it sounded like post-game after a loss in San Jose to the Sharks. Have you ever experienced something like this where, you know, some, some guys slump, obviously, but it just feels like no one's going right now? Yep, great, great observation. That's... <laughs> I've well, been in scrubs I, where you got the young reporter who knows he's got to ask a difficult question. He just gets super nervous. Yeah. And then he just can't stop asking the question. Uh-huh. Just keeps going and going and going. Why are you so pissy? Well, I've, I've had it happen to me before. It happens to everyone. I remember asking Babcock. I was like, he, he said that, uh, God, who was he coaching then? It might have been the Red Wings. And he said, yeah, we made a mistake on the PK. And I was like, oh, like, like an idiot like what was the mistake and he's like well i'm not gonna draw it up on the telestrator for you yeah but history like, history has like, okay. proven history has proven that babcock was the jerk in that situation mm-hmm. not you right so yeah it's good claude julian got was rude to me too and i think quenville as well yeah i actually i can't remember if i've had a- i just laugh though like you know it's like it's 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 actually funnier and more enjoyable when they got like that yeah um it's happened it happens with players more often because they can mm-hmm. be a little bit more especially post game like coaches have been around long enough that they'll oh, usually, i think it happens with coaches quite a lot yeah i think it's more with players but it doesn't really matter the well, point when was the last time you were in a dressing room I don't know. Ten years ago? Well, I've been in plenty. I mean, I've seen, seen how it works. We did the same job for a while, right? So, kind of. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I think the thing with dry, like, you stick a uh, microphone in dry saddle's face after a game in which yeah. everything feels like it's caving in, he's probably not going to give you a, you know, tempered down, you know, just to sort of you stock just, answers. You just have to ask a short question. Yeah. Have you ever been through anything like this before? End it. Great but observation. The, but the problem is, is when you keep talking, and like every reporter knows it. Like, why am I keep talking? I just keep saying words. I got to stop this question right now. But you don't do it. Uh, Jay with an ask us anything. What's the best way to dry running shoes without waking up the entire family? I assume he means putting them in the dryer, mm-hmm. in which case it sounds like drums going on for just about 40 to 50 heat, minutes. Heating vent. You have to be careful. I've had them melt before. Right. If you get too close to the sun, they will melt. They make those things that you can put on top of the heating vent. Yep. Can like you buy one of those little... boot warmers for your skates? And just... Do you have one of those? I don't I don't own one, but I've, I've used them <laughs> many times. Yeah. skate warmers. <laughs> no, I don't have those. I have a fireplace, a bring, gas bring fireplace. To the hockey store. And... I, I often, if you can put them at the right mm-hmm. um, distance away from the fireplace, that'll... That will dry your shoes out like nobody's business. That is the fastest and most effective method. But I don't know if... Jay, I don't know if you have a fireplace. But wear boots. Sorry? Wear boots. Well, boots also get wet, Greg. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. All Most shoes do yeah. tend if to get wet. If you put damp. them in water, they'll, they'll get wet. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jeep, are you, wait, are you, you know, harvesting cranberries? I don't know why Jay's shoes are wet. I don't. <laughs> Jay and Red Deer <laughs> ask us anything. Talking about breaks, if Kachuk scores on the empty net before Miller's goal, do the Canucks still win? Well, Jay, let me consult my time machine here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It was a break, right? Like the Canucks got a break. Kachuk, for whatever reason, couldn't get a handle on that puck and put it in the empty net. Uh, maybe he didn't think he had time to get it on his back end. 
And he just shoveled it right across the crease and the Canucks caught a break. I don't know. (laughs) I imagine their odds would have been lesser of winning if they had fallen behind in the game, but I'm assuming they got the break, right? Like he's just making, he's just making a point, right? right. Like the Canucks Texas about the breaks. Yeah. 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 No, well maybe not. I don't know, but maybe (laughs) like here's the thing. The Sens got a break too. When Petey tipped it in his own net, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, listen, the Canucks, um, their underlying numbers suggest that this is not sustainable. The question really isn't whether or not there's going to be regression. And I know Halford, like his like body, you know, has a, like a, there's a visceral reaction whenever the word regression comes in, because this is so it. predictable. Like we've been following this game and covering this game for so long, there's always a team like this, right? And then there's a huge argument all the time. People on the internet call them out, and then the fans of that team get all defensive. And it's just kind of like, after you've seen it happen a bunch of times, you're like, yeah, 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 I've seen all this, right? And I and I actually can't understand how people, like people, this, you know, even the media, like can keep arguing about it because it's so boring. Like there will be a regression. It's a question of, how big is that regression with the Canucks? Things aren't going to keep going as well as they have been for the Canucks. At this stage of the game, you can play 500 hockey and you'll be in that where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, which is right in the thick of the wild card chase. Yeah. I mean, that's you got to look right now very closely at the Pacific Division. Vegas is also probably going to regress to the mean a little bit. I don't think they'll play at a 900 points percentage, which is what they're at right now. But they're good, and that is battle-tested, eye-tested. Like, we know what Vegas is going to be. They won a Stanley Cup last year. They're well-constructed. They're able to deal with this. Los Angeles right now, I'm ready to anoint them as being, yeah, they're going to be one of those teams in the top three spots in the Pacific Division they are at season's team. end. So in case you missed that one last <laughs> night. That could be the Canucks' first-round matchup. People are... Streets are saying this. I, I saw a couple people alluding this already. Like, look, the matchup is set in stone. Um, well, here's the thing. L.A. last night, uh, they actually lost for the first time in a long time. But they were able to scratch out a point, a 4-3 uh, overtime loss to Brian Rust in the Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday. By the way, Penguins, uh, looks like the season is getting off to a really bad start. They're 3-6. and six. Mm-hmm. They go to California. Sweep California wins over at the obvious big one against uh, San Jose a couple nights ago. Then they beat Anaheim, but their underlying numbers were encouraging. Yes, and now they've kind of reverted to what mm-hmm. everyone thought they would be. But anyway, the Kings, uh, I believe that's now points in eight straight games for the Kings. They, They're just a solid team. Yeah, and you know we ha- we don't talk about them a ton. Because, one, the Canucks haven't played them yet. Mm. Two, they're just kind of doing their thing, racking up points and having a go. But you look at it right now, and, I mean, Edmonton, I would say, is going to be extremely hard-pressed to move back into playoff contention, let alone top three in the Pacific. But right now, uh, L.A.'s off to a very good start. Vegas is off to an amazing start. I mean, you say what you will about the Vancouver Canucks start, but Vegas has just been near perfect. Who's the best player on the Kings? Is it is it Kopitar? I still think it's either Kopitar or Doughty. Yeah. Oh, it's I not do. Doughty. I love Doughty. 
I love Drew. I know he's I know he's not a popular figure here, but he's been so good mm-hmm. for so long. And the, the, it's a good question that you bring up because the fact that you could probably have three or four different answers speaks to exactly what the LA Kings are. So deep like, down, you know the who's underrated is Adrian Kempe. Yep. He scores a lot for them. Fiala scores a lot for mm-hmm. them, right? And and they, then down the middle, when you've got Kopitar, Dubois, and Deneau, mm-hmm. and then also Quinton Byfield is producing for them. Yeah, right. I mean, they're they got, they've got a lot. They're they're a, they're a deep team. Yeah, they've been stockpiling this for years, right? And. You know, God, I, I mean, it's funny when you mentioned you, you scoffed at Doughty. You're like, it's not Doughty. He still plays like 27 minutes a night with regularity. His ice times are just off the charts, right? He, mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't produce the clip that he used to. Like, it's not there. But he just plays so much for that team. Part of it is because, you know, he's still a very good defenseman, mm-hmm. even at this advanced age. But the other thing is, like, they need him to do that still. Like, yeah. they've, got a, they've got a nice blue line. But the strength of that team is 100%. Down, down the middle. middle. And Cam Talbot's had a good year for them, too. Peter and Cloverdale, ask us anything. How come there's no panic in Edmonton about the players not re-signing? Dreisaitl and McDavid in particular. I I don't know if there is or there isn't. I don't know how much talk this gets in Edmonton. Um, maybe there's just a sense that they think that Connor McDavid is committed to the city and committed to winning in that city. Um. But the first one, the first one they have to deal with is going to be Drysidle, who's up for an extension this summer. Mm-hmm. So if he jumps immediately and resigns, then I'd say that's probably pretty encouraging that McDavid is going to do the same thing, because I'm sure those two are going to discuss the situations, right? Yeah. Like McDavid isn't like if Drysidle knows that McDavid is going to leave, for example. He's not going to be quick to resign there, but well, this is the type of season that changes things mm-hmm. in theory, right? I mean, we all know that the Canucks season and whether or not Elias Pettersson resigns with the Canucks, they're related, right? Players want to win. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid, uh, we talk about this all the time. That guy has not played in a big game, in a really big game. He's played in games in the playoffs that you could call big-ish. But he has not played in a Stanley Cup final. He has not played in the Olympics. Uh, We always come back to this. Like, what is the biggest game that he's played? And it's a pretty sad list when you compare what guys like Gretzky or Lemieux or Sid had done by the time they'd reached his age. Yeah. Okay. The reason that partially there isn't this collective freakout or panic right now is because what is happening right now? is one of the most unexpected developments in sports. Never mind just the NHL. You've got to understand, there was no concern in Edmonton whatsoever about the regular season. In the last two years, they've won 49 and 50 games. They've finished with 104 and 109 points. McDavid wins the scoring title every year. If he doesn't win it, Dreisaitl's right there to potentially win it from him. Like, this was not part of the script at all. They went to the conference finals two years ago. They went to the second round and lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champ last year. Like, being in the basement of the NHL standings was not even... No one predicted it. No one saw it coming. Mm -hmm. And no one anticipated it. 
So you don't really have a conversation like, well, what if Connor and Leon want to leave because things bottom out? Like, no, like no one had that thought going into this. Mm -hmm. This is such an unprecedented thing for this team because they've been so good and so dominant on the power play with McDavid, with Dreisaitl over the last two seasons. Like, remember, the goal going into this year was how do you make this team better for the playoffs? Mm -hmm. How are they going to be better prepared to win in the postseason? And now it's just going to be a struggle to get there. Things could get worse in Edmonton, too, with some of the contracts that they've committed to. I mentioned Zach Hyman, 30, 31 years old. He's got a bunch of years left. You know, Hopefully he ages well, but you never know. The same with Nuge. He's 30 now. Kane is 32, and we've already seen his game fall off a little bit. I think we kind of made fun of the name Warren Fogle the other day, but he's like one of their better players, and he's a pending UFA. That's a bad, he's, that's he's a bad one of, thing if he's, Warren is one of well, he's players. he's one of their better support players. Let's put it that way. The Darnell Nurse contract, man, how many years does that have left on it? Six or seven years? Twenty. <laughs> and he's only twenty eight, but he's just not playing well. And his cap hit is nine point two five million. Matthias Ekholm, thirty three years old, his game hasn't been the same. So once they get to that situation. Like, have they solved the goaltending situation by then? Mm, I don't right? know. I have no idea what they're going to do there. Right? Is it UC Saros' name is now starting to percolate? Yeah, actually, Fridge, Fridge mentioned it in his 32 Thoughts column. Um, he's just wondering, like, what are or is Ken Holland going to try and take a big swing? Um, he mentioned names like Jake Allen, um, who else did he mention? There was Jake Allen. I can't Jordan remember. Biddington. Jordan Biddington, right. That one, that would be a gamble. Um, but he also mentioned UC Soros, who's only signed for one more year after this one in Nashville. So the Preds might be wondering, okay, is UC Soros going to re-sign with us? And do we want to re-sign UC Soros? Because he would command such a big number. Like, does that set up with how we're timing our team and our, and our retool? And, and, you know, right. And, and our rebuild. So... Maybe Nashville might be willing to do something, but how would they make that work? What, what would the Oilers have to give up to get UC Soros in this situation that they're in right now? Like Barry Trotz, he seems like a pretty sharp guy. I know he hasn't been a general manager for long, but I feel like he'd be like, I feel like I have some leverage here. Give me that first round pick. I know you well, guys more. are 31st. In the You'd have to, sh- yeah, have more. to ship out money. More. Uh, yeah, it would be a very complex deal. I got a feeling that they're going to let Pickard come in and try and stabilize this thing a little bit and give them league average goaltending. You, Pickard, do that Hammond thing. That seems kind of crazy to me. Or the more recent one is do the Bennington thing, right? Instead of getting Bennington, just be the Bennington. His impact may have been a little overblown. In that in that comeback for the Blues, but it doesn't matter like how much of a statistical impact he played. The fact remains is they were dead last in the NHL when he wasn't in net, mm-hmm. and then they won the Stanley Cup after he took over. Right? That's what you want is you want some sort. Again, a lot of general managers manage on gut and feel and hope and instinct because mm-hmm. in a flat cap world, you can't go make the solutions you want to make. So if it's a hail mary to Pickard, can you talk yourself into him being a guy that can maybe just give us a spark? Sure, it's pretty risky because. It's Galvin Pickard, but they don't have a lot of other options right now. All right, the BC Lions have a big game this weekend in Winnipeg. Last year, they went to Winnipeg in the West Final, and things did not go well for them. It was clear that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were the superior team. 
Um, will things be different this year as the Lions try to get to the Grey Cup in the hammer? The Moj is going to join us next. We'll talk about the big Lions-Bombers game coming up this weekend. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. Halford Breath of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour two of the program. All due respect to that stuff that we did in the first half of this hour. Moj is the highlight of hour two. Hour two is brought to you by North Star metal recycling vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal north star metal recycling they recycle you get paid visit them at 1170 Powell street in vancouver it is bc at winnipeg this weekend 3 30 kickoff our time on saturday lions are four and a half point dogs on the road in winnipeg at ig field joining us now to set it all up Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Moj? Greetings from beautiful downtown Winnipeg. How are you loving Winnipeg this time around? Well, at least one thing, the weather's not that bad. It's just like zero outside, zero. Apparently tonight uh, after kickoff, it'll drop to minus two, so it's not your usual minus 10 November weather in Winnipeg. Nor is it windy either, so that's another big issue. So, like, everyone was talking about the weather coming into play. It shouldn't really be a factor. Uh, do people in Winnipeg know what you've been saying about their city? I don't care if they know what they're saying. You know what people in Winnipeg remind me of? With the White Walkers. Remember the Game of Thrones, the White Walkers? Kind of. I... You know how they all just kind of walk around emotionless? That's oh, right. People. Why? Because they're like this dead like... inside? <laughs> you have to be if you live here. I mean, this is kind of like <laughs> past the Great Wall of Westeros. You know what I mean? Where the, the wildlings live and everything. So, yeah, I don't really care if they know what I'm thinking about them. All I know is we've got to football game to call here in a couple of uh well, what 36 hours and then we're on a plane back home to civilization halford, halford uh, like i don't think halford watched game of thrones and neither did i so we're just kind of like okay. uh the humanoid creatures from yeah. the hbo <laughs> television <laughs> series game, game of, of thrones, thrones. Oh. i'm following you moj i'm following yeah. you i watched it for a couple of years I, I i the fantasy stuff never really never really did it for me but you know but a dog you can have a conversation with a dog he likes all that nerd stuff oh. i like well, all the cool the stuff yeah, well, the crazy thing is, I always had this argument with Taylor, right? Because he'd say the same thing, right? All dragons flying around. Yeah, I've never been like a fantasy guy, mm-hmm. like in terms of like, you know Harry Potter, whatever. Until they right? introduce um, nudity into it, and then you're like, <laughs> you know what? This fantasy stuff's not bad. I'm willing to give it a try. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't know what it was. Game of Thrones just lured me in. I thought it was awesome. Okay, uh, for Saturday's matchup, Moj, this is obviously the biggest thing for the Lions. It's how to stop Brady Oliveira. If you can stop Brady Oliveira, uh, how is that going to be accomplished? Well, it's going to be a real tough task. I mean, you're talking probably about the best running back in the Canadian Football League. So um, the Lions can ill afford to get themselves in the second and three or second and four situations because Zach Kolaris will pick them apart. So the big key is going to be first down and, you know, trying to stay on schedule from a defensive perspective on first down and trying to keep Winnipeg in the second and six, seven, eights, whatever the case may be. Winnipeg's offensive line isn't as athletic as it was maybe two or three years ago, but it's still a very capable offensive line. But 
if the Lions are going to have success, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to isolate the Winnipeg offensive line. And the best way to describe it, Winnipeg's offensive line, they're brawlers. They want to play this game in the phone booth. Mm-hmm. BC's defense more predicated on speed, so they want to get you in space. So that's probably going to be one of the bigger tasks, I guess, that Ryan Phillips looks at in terms of defending the run is how do we kind of like, you know, take these guys out of the phone booth and make them play our game? Hey, Moach, whose team has changed more since last year uh, when BC went to Winnipeg? And the final score was only 28-20, to 20, and it doesn't sound bad, but Winnipeg was clearly the better team on that day. Whose team is more different this season? I'd say the Lions. I mean, you look at the personnel changes, and you know, so much was talked about Mike O'Shea winning the coach of the year. Rick Campbell got my vote, and the reason I say that is because you lost your leading rusher, in James Butler. Mm-hmm. You lost your quarterback in Nathan Rourke. You probably lost your best offensive lineman or one of your best off- offensive linemen in Joel Figuera- uh, Figueroa. So all those changes on the offensive side and the Lions still managed to be successful this year, have a good season, and put some points on the board. So if I'm looking at teams that have changed, and here's another one, no Brian Burnham either. Right. right? So if you're looking at teams that have made more changes, uh, I look at the Lions and what they've done offensively. It's almost like a new group. Is Vernon Adams up for this challenge? I think so. Um, if he plays like he did last week, man, oh, man. Oh, he was um, so good. He was so yeah, good. He was so on point. And, you know, that's the thing. If you can just get hot for the these three games, obviously winning the Western Final, hopefully, and then a great cup after that, uh, man, um, talk about the right time to, to peak. And we saw that from Vernon Adams. And the biggest thing that he did in that game, fellows, was use his legs. And it's funny because we always joke around. His dad um, taught, well, Vernon and his dad talk all the time. Mm-hmm. And Vernon's dad told him, he says, I want you to run for a first down every quarter, right? That's that's what he tells Vernon. And he's much more dangerous when he does. You know, he only needs to run the ball four, five, six times. And what it does then, it takes the, the edge off the defense because all of a sudden now you're concerned about the quarterback breaking contain, about the quarterback moving around. And one of the things the Lions did really well against Calgary, too, Calgary liked to rush three or four and then play zone. Well, here's the other thing, too, that, you know, in that situation, the Lions were picking everything up, and that's going to be a big key as well as their offensive line and how they perform. If they play like they did against Calgary, the Lions have a pretty good shot, but obviously Winnipeg's front's a little different. But if they can do that, if they can, like, you know, protect Vernon, and if he can use his legs and keep that defense on edge, I like what they're, I like their chances on offense. Are, are, are you feeling a win here? Like last year, it seemed like it was going to take a, a miracle. Nathan Rourke wasn't a hundred percent. He didn't. He didn't look good. And right off the bat, I remember thinking, "Nope, this isn't going to happen for the Lions." What are you feeling this year? I'm feeling optimistic, and I, I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling more and more optimistic as the game approaches. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way they played against Calgary. If they can carry that over, I like the fact that the weather's not going to be a factor here, right? Obviously, the crowd will be, but. Um, I just, hey, guys, everything's gone to form this far in the CFL, right? Mm. So there's got to be an upset somewhere along the way, and hopefully it'll be the Lions and Winnipeg. Yeah, it's, this is Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj is a presentation of the Clayton Public House pregame to postgame. The Clayton Public House is your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors. Visit them online at theclaytonpub.com. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Lions on the defensive side of the football, Moj. Two things. One, what are they doing at middle linebacker? And two, uh, how are they going to get heavier in terms of personnel on defense? Well, 
Great question. Um, first off, Josh Woods is going to slide in for Ben Halata. Halata got hurt on that Gary Peters interception early in the first quarter against Calgary. Um, some sort of shin contusion. It's a shin issue more so than a knee. So he won't play. So Woods slides into the middle. But, I mean, Woods is a great athlete. Make no, make no mistake about it. I mean, the kid started at UCLA, right? So, um, And he actually prefers playing inside. And there's a difference in that in terms of how you attack the football. What we call, when you're playing outside, we call it outside in. So you're attacking everything from the outside and forcing it back in. When you're playing inside, you're always looking for the cutback. You're playing it inside out. So Woods feels extremely comfortable playing inside. So now you ask yourself, well, who picks up Woods slack on the flank, right? So that'll be Bola Cumbo, Manny Rugumba, and, well, mainly Bola Cumbo, and um, Quincy Mosier as well, getting some reps in Ryder Vargas. So, they're going to rotate those guys around there, so it's going to be interesting. See, I don't think they lose. I don't think they lose as much as you think they would by not having Halatic in the lineup. Um, the other thing too that's going to be a little different this time around: Marcus Moore is going to be playing inside one of the tackles, so one techniques between the center and the guard. And he's more of a heavier body, which allows Woody Barron now to go outside and Sione Tui Hema returns after a one-game suspension. So. That bodes well for the rush, uh, for the edge rush, having Woody Barrett out there in space because he's more of a quicker guy than a power guy. So that kind of bodes well for the Lions. I know when we talk about Winnipeg, it's Caleros and Oliveira, but uh, you're suggesting that they may not be at full health going into this one outside of those two guys? Yeah, so from what we're hearing, Dalton Schoen will in all likelihood will be out. He hasn't even been seen at practices this week, so they're saying he's probably out. And then Nick Dembski and Rasheed Bailey, um, haven't practiced. They didn't practice earlier in the week. They did apparently work out with the team that had a closed practice the last couple of days, so nobody really saw them on the field, but apparently they were on the field going through the motion. So Dembski and um, Rashid Bailey, two of the receivers, are, well, I, I think they'll play, but you know, at what level of effectiveness they're going to be in terms of their health, we don't know. Uh, two more, one, a football question, and then an ask us anything to cap it off. Uh, in the East Final, who do you like there, Montreal or Toronto? Man, it's really tough to go against Toronto. The only thing that concerns me about the Argonauts, they haven't played any meaningful game in over two months, right? Mm -hmm. So can they flip the switch and can they turn it on? I believe so. They're probably, to me, the most complete team in the league. So I just can't see Toronto losing, but stranger things have happened. Hey, the Sharks beat the Oilers last night. Anything is possible in sports. Sharks are on a two-game heater now. They can't be stopped. The Argos are expecting their best-ever attendance since moving to BMO Field. Uh, against the Montreal Alouettes. They might sell that place out. Normally, you you watch an Argos game there, and you're like, is there 10,000 people there? Yeah, They don't even open the upper deck there. Um, Okay, Moj, one final one before we let you go. It's an Ask Us Anything Friday. This is a specific one for Moj. It's from Juan and Comox. Ask Moj anything. Moj, one, do you have an air fryer? Two, if so, what's your favorite recipe or thing to cook in it? Easy. Air fryer chicken wings mm. yeah right? it is it has redefined the home chicken wing game yeah. the the, I mean, the advent of the air fryer it mm-hmm. really has yeah, it's, it's and the, the key there is you got to flip them right like so from, like i do mine 10 minutes at like 400 but you got to flip them halfway through definitely you got to shake them up yeah so don't ever kind of like just let it you know 10 minutes and then whatever or 20 minutes to no you got to shake it up you got to flip them around but um yeah i've tried actually you know what um, I've never really tried a burger or a steak or any other type of meat in an air fryer. Usually for me, it's just either like the wings or chicken thighs, yeah. or chicken thighs and legs, right? Other than that, I, you know, I've tried potato chips, but they weren't really a great success. I might have to try it again, maybe a different recipe or something, but 
I know people that have, and it looks really good. The burger is fine. It's an unholy mess to clean up, but it's fine. Like it's, it'll, <laughs> it'll cook it just fine. Um, and you know, a good a good trick is uh, put baking powder on the wings about a half hour before and let it draw out all that moisture so you can get the skin nice and crispy. Ooh. Yeah, we might have to try that. Well, the other thing that I like doing is like. You know, seasoning them and letting them just kind of sit at room temperature for about an hour before you put them in. And then when you bring them back out, you know, chop up a, a bunch of cilantro, right? Like cilantro, have some lemon juice, lime juice. And then as you take the wings out, whatever seasoning that you have, you dose the cilantro or throw the cilantro in a mixing bowl and just dose it with lemon juice or lime juice. Mm. So good. This is becoming the most diverse hit that we have on a weekly basis because mm. we started talking about the CFL and then we moved directly into like cilantro restaurants. What's the best restaurant in Winnipeg, Moch? Well, apparently we're going to tonight, so <laughs> some steakhouse, so we'll figure it out. I but thought you were going to say the one that, at the airport, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Burger King. Yeah. Moj, this is great. Have fun, bud. buddy. Have a good call on the weekend. Have a great weekend. Thanks for all See you, Moj. Yeah, see you later. That's Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Early what we learned from J.D. the Jerk, what we learned, Bruff is like Jenko in 21 Jump Street, not realizing that nerd stuff is cool now and everything that used to be cool is sus. Just keep on single strapping it, bro. Yeah, I even got that reference, right? That was about the, uh, by the way. The backpack. I, back, sometimes I call it a knapsack. You can do that. You can do that. I get okay. in trouble for that. That's allowed. Yeah. Really? It's allowed. Well, the kids were like, what's a knapsack? It is, it's old school. It's like when people call dinner supper. Or like, Chesterfield mm-hmm. instead of couch. That's yeah, right up yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. That's there. My dad would always be like, get your feet off the Chesterfield. Your age. Like, okay, Chesterfield. Who has the time to settle down, out? Chesterfield? <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, 21 Jump Street. I knew that. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't like Game of Thrones. I watched it for a couple of years. And I was kind of like, eh. I don't know. He gave it more time than I did. Yeah. I don't like any of that stuff with like Middle Earth and orcs. Mm-hmm. You got to have a lot of lore. And so you, don't, you didn't like Lord of the Rings either. I've never watched the Lord of the Rings. I've never watched uh, yeah. Game of Thrones. I don't need talking trees. And Lord of the Rings are long problems. movies, but I feel like it's less of a commitment than getting into Game of I Thrones. I feel like all of it's a commitment. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's not my thing. It is thing. some kind of commitment. I don't know. I never liked The Walking yeah. Dead. If I just I haven't that, watched that either. Never really appeared. I, haven't been, to me. I know it's not, not the same genre. Guy. I know it's not the same genre. They're totally different genre. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of dragons in Walking Dead, aren't there? I don't know. They're walking. I guess zombies and white walkers there's are white dissimilar. walkers and zombies are the same yeah. thing. No, I never got into Walking Dead. That was hilarious. How, how how like how flat that reference felt for yeah. Mojo. We're like, uh huh. I think so. White yeah. walkers. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah, the white guys that would walk around. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see color. So. I don't even know what he's talking they're about. They're always just walkers. I don't know. Yeah, they're all just walking to me. Uh, Chet and Burnaby with an Ask Us Anything. Hey, guys, I bet on Talkit to win the Jack Adams after game two. With my winnings, I want to get a jersey. Should I get a jersey of someone super obscure that only plays minimal games this year for laughs? If so, who are the best candidates? Uh, a Juleson jersey? Will so be good. Is, or is this texter, hold on, is this texter committed to someone on the active roster? This Dang, sounds like it. Because you know my rules on jerseys. Oh, no, we know. We're not bringing in your rules. You're we're not weird bringing in your rules. rules. We're not bringing in your rules. The, 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 Chet plays by the rules that Normal he just people wants. play by? He just wants, like, we actually did this in high school. We, we all had jerseys of, like, random guys. My buddy ended up winning it when he... 
bought a St. Louis Blues jersey with Rick Zombo's name. <laughs> just on the an back. amazing jersey, and he was just wearing this. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a winner. Zom- yeah. Zombo jersey. I want a Zombo like, jersey. Like, yeah, yeah, like Rick Zombo. He's a pretty good player, right? Yeah. When, you, when you wear you're a Rick like, Zombo jersey, <laughs> people don't even ask if you're related to Rick Zombo. They just assume you're. Related it was. To Rick Zombo. It was incredible. We were just watching a game. Once. I was like, Zombo, that's a pretty funny name. Yeah. You get that jersey. What would be like? So we're we're asking for. It's so hard to pick one because what's the question again. All the Canucks are playing pretty well right oh, now. Oh, who's the, the what's the who worst? would be like the funny ha ha like right. guy that I would get? You know, like before. Yeah, there's plenty of names that we could have picked for that's Canucks. That's why I'm saying. Right? I was thinking like Yuho Lamico jersey would go pretty far. But that's last year. I know. I was not saying if, if it was like a former Well, how about, how about Matthew Highmore being on the yeah. Sens? I'm like, oh, yeah. Matthew Highmore? It doesn't really work. He's on the Sens. Yeah, he's out there. It doesn't really work if the team's good. Right, yeah. Because yeah. everyone's... Yeah, the only one I can think of is Juleson. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't Getting know. a Hirose jersey would be funny at this stage mm-hmm. of the game. You could do that. I would go, you know what you need to do, though, is you need to find one of the most inept teams of the last decade in Vancouver. And there's no shortage of options there. Mm-hmm. And pick someone off there. Like, you could do, Lamico would have been a good one. If you were rolling around in a Delzato Canucks jersey, I think you'd get some good chuckles and guffaws. Magna. I played against him the other day. Magna, Chapu. Yeah. Get he played all, yeah. against him. Yeah. Jack Skilly. You could get a Jack Skilly jersey. Remember mm-hmm. him? He played here for a while. Who was the guy that I d- couldn't stand? Like, I couldn't believe he Mark was on Michael, Mark Michaelis. Mark oh, Michaelis, right. Mike Alford. <laughs> I was like, this guy is in the NHL, mm-hmm. on the Canucks, on my favorite team. Terrific. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, it was just, it was just, a, he so clearly wasn't an NHL player. What about a VC Canucks jersey? Oh, my there God. You go. oh, Jimmy v? Jimmy VC Canucks. And you know watching what? Jimmy VC. I got a lot of respect for Jimmy VC because he can't make it work anywhere else other than a member of the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. And he always somehow manages to find his way back. And then he's fine. He's a productive member. Is he of the still N- in the league? Yeah. yeah. He's a productive member of the NHL when he's a New York Ranger. Uh, here's an ask us anything. Morning, boys. Morning. Uh, what are your thoughts if by the trade deadline, uh, the Canucks are well above the playoff bar? Would you consider trading Garland and a 2024 first-round draft pick for a top-pair defenseman? Yes. Or add a legitimate bottom-pair centerman for more secondary scoring? Have a great day. Here's the thing that the Canucks are not in a position to do, is to trade away a first-round draft pick for a rental. Like, we've seen teams do that, Don't right? Do that. They trade away a first-round draft pick for, because, you know, I mean, Winnipeg did it, right, when they needed a 2C they're like, all right, we're going to do that. The Leafs have done it a few times. That's what they're not in a position to do. Don't trade for big price rentals, period. But especially yeah. in this instance. Bringing guys that you can keep for a while. Mm-hmm. They're just not in, they're not in a position to be able to trade that stuff away. That being said, their first-round draft pick, if things keep going the way they're going, they're not going to be as valuable. What do you think about Tanev coming back? If it was on the, because remember we got Dolly. Awesome. Okay, hold on, we got Dollywell coming up at eight o'clock. It would be awesome. Right? Yeah, it'd be awesome. He's already said in his very Dolly. But then do you put him way, with Hughes? Or? In his very Dolly Wallian way, that mm-hmm. Tanev still has a special affinity for the city. If you were to bring him back in season, on the notion that you're going to get an extension done, so he won't be a rental. And you're going to tack on a couple of years at a maybe a hometown discount or a very friendly price. Do you get into the front of the queue to make that move? Because right now, I know two things. One, Calgary stinks. They're barely above Edmonton and San Jose in the standings. And two, 
Craig Conroy is motivated to not let assets leave for nothing in free agency. So with those two things, I wonder if you need to jump to the front of the line. So I have a little bit of concern about, like, how good is Chris Tanev right now? Is he a good player? He's 33 years old. His minutes are down rather significantly this season. He averaged over 20 minutes last season for Calgary. He's at 18 and a half this season. Now, I don't know why that is. Could be that one game he got hurt or something. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Who knows? But I would want to know, like, you can't just assume that the Tanev that is coming back is the same Tanev. Also, what would be the plan? Is the plan to pair Tanev with Hughes and then you have Hronik on the second pair? Because right now it's working. Like I, I think didn't the plan think it, would be I didn't think it was a good I didn't think it was a good idea to put Hughes and Hronik. I wanted to spread the wealth a little bit. But right now you're kind of like, man, I'm not breaking up that pairing until it becomes a problem. Hughes and Hronik is the best defensive pairing in the NHL right now. So yeah. you're not going to split that up. And I feel confident saying that. I just throw it out there. But it is. It's the best defensive pairing in the NHL currently. So what, do, are you going to put Tanev with Ian Cole? Potentially. Like a, a double but, double well, defensive no, pairing? What, what you're doing is you're saying breaking case of emergency glass kind of thing. Like if you need to move things around, yeah. you want to have some pliability. There's a word for it. I feel like Drance over here. Pliability. Where you can say, hey, we need to move Hughes and Hronick off a of pairing. Uh, things have happened. Things have changed. There's been injuries elsewhere. What's a good old trusty reliable that we can do? Well, we can mm-hmm. put Hughes and Tanev together. You know? That's what we talk about when we talk about um, there being blips in the season and you go through some struggles. Yeah. If you have the ability to adapt on the fly or give yourself another look or another wrinkle where, yeah, things aren't going your way, but we have a solution at the ready, mm-hmm. that would be a good thing. I'm not sure it's going to happen. I think too many things need to happen for Tanev to shake loose and then Vancouver be the team that gets them. But, I mean, narrative-wise and storybook-wise, I'd love to see it. I think yeah. it would be a great return. Never should have left. I wouldn't pay a big price to bring him back. No. But, yeah, it would be – I mean, you, you could always use a guy like Chris Tanev on your team, right? you got to have one of those sort of like – But you do have – the to- radar like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about an extension later on. And then you have a gigantic wink across the table. And doesn't Garland mm-hmm. want to stay here now anyways now that they're winning? So it wouldn't be like Bavillier that they'd probably be trying to move for something? I think you can move Garland if you have to. <laughs> well, I don't think they really particularly care what Garland thinks, yeah. right? Like the, the problem oh, is – I want to stay now. I want to yeah, stay now. Yeah, yeah, the pro- like, the yeah about that. You already made your bed, Garland. All right? Who do you think is a more productive player? Who's more valuable to the team, Garland or Bovillia? Right Garland. now, Garland. Yeah, Garland. Yeah. Right? Long term, it might change, mm-hmm. but right now, it's Garland. But Garland might Garland be, played well last night. Garland mm-hmm. might might be easier to trade next year when there's not so much left on his contract. Garland took his own stick to the face last night. That's sacrifice, right? He's there. definitely got more value. Does than Garland, than here's the question. Does Garland play with the shortest stick stick in the NHL? Yes. It looks like he's playing with a pitching wedge out there. Yep. It's one of those mini sticks they give it the is, kids. He's like, it's, actually, the it. it's <laughs> actually crazy. Like, he's obviously not a tall guy. No. And he plays with, like, a short stick for a short guy. And say wait. <laughs> Just a little bit. Do they right? put his stick on the rack next to Tyler Myers? I'd like yeah. to see the two. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. right? It's like the cover. Like, of, it's like the cover of the movie Twins. Their stick standing Plan- alongside. Like, what does it, a, con- a timely reference like, for what, everybody? What does a Connor Garland poke check look like? Just kind of jabs in the vicinity <laughs> of the puck. Right. It's more <laughs> yeah. like you have to do it a million times. As you have to throw to- your stick. I think right. for and, it to be effective. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. JD the jerk just texted in because he is a jerk. Garland had a bad game. We're Am I off on this? 
I thought Garland played well last night. Did you guys not think Garland played well last night? I didn't notice him negatively. I, mean, I didn't I, really notice him at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. To say, not in a bad know. way though. Yeah. I thought, no, I, well, I, I thought. I mean, the guy that it's funny. The guy who I thought um, made some mistakes that were surprising to me was Pedersen. Yeah, that's what right? I noticed. Like he, <laughs> and he, he even admitted it after. He's like, "Yeah, I didn't manage the puck so on." Uh, well, both sends goals. He's he like, he made a mistake because on the first goal. Uh, that they scored, Petey turned it over in the offensive end, and then Ian Cole made another mistake when he couldn't get the puck out, and um, the Sens scored. And on the second goal, Petey, I, I, I guess he was trying to block the shot, but <laughs> he actually tipped it past uh, Casey DeSmith. So I'm sure Petey was pretty frustrated with this game, so it was nice that he was able to finish with three points. I was going to say, it's also nice that in this quote-unquote off night that Petey had, he also had a goal and two assists to regain the NHL scoring lead. That's the kind of world that we live in right oh, now. Oh, this folks. is an amazing text. If Garland threw a stick, it would come back like a boomerang. That's how sticks a boomerang, don't us? Uh, one final hour to come on the Halford and Brush Show. Rick Dollywell is going to join us next. You're listening to Sportsnet 650.